Have you ever had the feeling that things in life were just spinning out of control? I did, quite literally. I was, it was an evening, I was in college, I was driving back to school with one of my friends, and it was a two-lane road, and we passed a car, and as we were coming back into the, the right lane, there might have been snow in the middle of the road, or we might have hit a patch of ice, but suddenly, quite literally, we were spinning out of control. We spun all the way around once. I remember thinking, well, this isn't good. Mostly because the car we had just passed was still behind us. <laughs> but we managed to spin all the way around, end up facing the right direction, and continued on our drive back to school. I looked at him and he said, I said, are you okay? And he said, yeah, are you? I said, uh-huh. That moment, though, <laughs> right where you are spinning out of control is not a good feeling. Because in your mind, you're thinking, okay, there are some things that I could probably do to, to regain control, but they aren't guaranteed. Man, how, how true is that for the, the rest of our lives, huh? Things are going along seemingly normal, and then something happens that suddenly things are just seemingly spinning out of control, and in our minds we might say, well, I can do these things, and that might help the situation, but they're not guaranteed. And that feeling of being not in control of things that are happening in life, at the best, is a little unsettling and maybe a bit uncomfortable. At worst, terrifying, bringing anger, sorrow, frustration, despair, any number of emotions into our life. We're going to take a look at Job and his life again. And as we do, we want to answer the question, does my happiness in life and my contentment depend on my ability to control all things that happen in my life. Satan seemed convinced that Job's happiness and contentment in his life was based on Job's ability to control things. At least, that's what it sounds like when he was talking to God, huh? You remember back in the very first chapter of Job, Satan comes to God and God suggests Job as a, a, a person who was faithful to God. And Satan says, Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You've blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your faith. Was the reason Job was happy and content in life because he was was the reason Job was happy and content in life because he had control over things. Obviously things were working out in, in Job's favor, huh? 10 kids, 
the, the first chapter tells us he had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, a large number of servants. And then after listing everything he had, says he was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Things were going Job's way. Job was no dummy. You can imagine Job to be one of those people who had a plan. And so far, everything was going just as he had envisioned. Everything was going Job's way. And so, was Job's happiness and contentment in life because Job was in control? Everything was going Job's way. Well, I suppose the book of Job is the the one book where we're going to see whether or not that's true, right? Because you know what happens next. Job loses everything. His possessions, his health, his wealth, right? In, in In the worst of it, his wife, who had also lost everything, just simply says to him, just curse God and die. His friends come to him and, and sit and mourn with him for seven days. But after those seven days, they open their mouth and they're not exactly the most helpful friends because their basic encouragement and comfort to Job was, Job, you must have really done something bad. You must have done something, Job, because this just doesn't happen. You should probably repent of your sin and figure it out, whatever it is that's caused God to do this to you. Was Job still happy and content even after losing everything? Was Job's joy in life and his contentment in life based on the fact that not only did he have everything, but he was in control of everything? Is my happiness and contentment in life based strictly on my ability to control things and to feel as though as I am in control of the things that are going on in my life. Let's look at a few verses from a little bit, a few chapters later in the book of Job. The end of chapter 13. Job is speaking here to God. Only grant me these two things, God, and then I will not hide from you. Withdraw your hand far from me and stop frightening me with your terrors. Then summon me and I will answer, or let me speak and you reply to me. How many wrongs and sins have I committed? Show me my offense and my sin. Why do you hide your face and consider me your enemy? Will you torment a wind-blown leaf? Will you chase after dry chaff? For you, write, for you, write down bitter things against me and make me reap the sins of my youth. You fasten my sh- feet in shackles. You keep close watch on all my paths by putting marks on the soles of my feet. So man wastes away like something rotten, like a garment eaten by moths. Mortals, born of woman, are of few days and few, full of trouble. I guess just listening to those words, how would you say Job is doing? Not too good, huh? 
his loss of control seems to be a bit overwhelming. Right? The, the loss of control that Job has experienced in life seems to be bearing down on him. He's lamenting his lot, his current state of affairs, his current condition, his loss of control. I think as you look at Job's life, you, you think of your own life and the random sudden things that have come up into it, and you quickly realize that the question isn't so much, am I in control of life and the things that go on in my life? Because Job's life, my life, your life would tell you, no. I'm not in control of my life and the things that come into my life. We do not have the ability to control all the things that happen in our lives. Just talk to the person who just talk to the person who's been recently diagnosed with some serious ailment. Parents who had to bury a child. Or the person who finds a pink slip on their desk or in their locker at work. We're not in any sort of control over the things that happen in our life. God is in control. So the question then becomes, am I okay with that? Can I still find joy, contentment, happiness in life, knowing that I'm not in control? Can I still find joy and contentment and happiness in life knowing that, that it's God who's in control? Can I still praise God, trust him? Can I still be content, not even just with the big things? Can I be okay if I'm not always treated with respect? If my job or marriage isn't as fun as it used to be. If I'm not making the amount of money I think I should or I thought I, that I thought I might. Can I trust God? Can I be okay? Can I be content? Knowing that I'm not in the one who's in control. You see, God uses our loss of control in life and all the, the hurt and pain and suffering and, and frustration that brings it into our lives to help us realize, to help us realize something, something we see in today's reading from Job. As you heard that reading from Job, did you notice how Job's attitude changed through those ten verses? As you listen to those words, how did Job sound at the beginning? Defiant? Right? Almost like someone I would imagine who's at a, a restaurant who's upset with the plate of food. I want to talk to the manager. I have things I want to say to them. They're going to listen to me. Right? Job is saying, telling to God, if I can get an audience with you, I've got a question I want to ask you. Right? I, I want to speak to God. 
I want to know what I've done wrong. But then about verse 25, his attitude begins to shift a little bit, doesn't it? His tone changes. He confesses something about himself. He says, will you torment a wind-blown leaf? Will you chase after dry chaff? For you write down bitter things against me and make me reap the sins of my youth. You fasten my feet in shackles. You keep close watch on all my paths by putting marks on the soles of my feet. So man wastes away like something rotten, like a garment eaten by moths. Mortals born of woman are of few days and full of trouble. My grandpa was a farmer. I remember as a child being able to go into the the last shed and up against the wall in the last shed was his International Harvester Combine. It was great because it had a ladder that went up to it and enclosed cabs. So we, as kids, we would go there, we'd climb up into the combine and you know, pretend any number of different things. Farmers use combines as they are harvesting grain. It's, it's harvest time. To, to not only cut the, 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 the crops that they had planted, but the combine then takes it, and in the, the middle of all the machinery is able to separate the grain from everything else of the plant, the chaff, and it shoots out the unneeded stuff out the back of the combine and keeps the grain in a big tank. In Jesus' day and in Job's day, farmers did that by hand. They would take the grain they had harvested and gently toss it into the air. And the good grain, because it was heavier, would fall and the chaff would be blown by the wind off to the side. And so they'd be able to harvest their grain and separate the grain from all the useless stuff. Job describes himself as that wind-blown chaff. That useless stuff that the farmer is tossing off to the side. Right? He he knows he, he knows his own sin and the sin of mankind in general, right? He says, So man wastes away like something rotten. Mortals born of woman are a few days and full of trouble. He recognizes that lives are short and full of trouble. Job's tone changes from one of defiance to one of more timidity, to finally one of humility at the end. He realizes he doesn't have control over the things that go on in his life, that he completely depends on and is at the mercy of God. Job recognizes that he must depend on God. Now look at the world today. We're what, six, six and a half months into a pandemic that my guess is has thrown a monkey wrench or two into plans that you've made, changed your life in ways that probably a year ago you wouldn't have necessarily anticipated, and there doesn't seem to be at least any real clear answers as to how it's going to be a year from now. You look around our nation and there's civil unrest and political angst, things that don't seem like they're going to suddenly let up in the next week or two, much less the next two or three months. 
And my guess is you can begin to look at your own life and, and see all sorts of different instances where things seem to be spinning out of control. Now, granted, you may have those portions where you're like, all right, I've got this part locked down, I think. But even as you do that, you recognize there are other parts that you don't have as much control over as you'd like. You quickly realize, boy, it seems as though the world is spinning out of my control. I see the brokenness of the world, and I see how I've contributed a little bit to it. And I see all too clearly how I begin to react when things begin to spin out of control. Whether it's in general in the world around us, and I respond to political angst, civil unrest, or, or even just how people are reacting to a pandemic, by lashing out to those who see things a little differently than I do, who respond with words instead of with words of care and compassion and mercy, with criticism and judgment. My guess is in your life as in mine, you see, boy, when things change and I'm no longer in control, what I lose is patience. What comes out is anger, frustration, despair. I panic. I wonder how things are going to work. And in doing so, I forget that God's in control. You see, you and I end up the same place Job did, huh? A place of having in humility to confess our sin, our lack of control, and how often in life we try to find contentment and peace and happiness by being in control. Because when suddenly that disappears, so does my joy, my happiness, my contentment in life, and it's replaced with something sinful. My lack of ability to control the things that happen around me, my sin and frailty force me from defiance to timidity to humility, just like Job, right, where I can't help but confess I need God. I need a God who saw at the temple an invalid. A man who was completely helpless, not in control of most of his life, not even able to, to crawl into a pool, but a God who came to him and said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And immediately we're told the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. I, I need a God who showed Ezekiel a valley of dry bones and that simply at his word those bones came together and the breath of life came into them 
and they were alive and a vast army. I need the God who sees my sin and my frailties and my failures and doesn't turn away, but instead walks into the mess that is my life and goes to the cross to take away my sin? I need a God who responds to my lack of trust in him, not with a lack of patience, but a, so, but a God who responds in unending mercy and patience. Right, and comes to me and assures me that not only is he in control, but he forgives me for all the times that I failed to trust in him and his plan for my life. For all those moments I panic when suddenly I'm not the one in control. I need a God who uses his control and his almighty power to help me. I need that God who is in control, who uses his control and uses his power to love me and save me. And that's exactly the God that we have, isn't it? A God who steps down from his throne in heaven and enters this life and goes to a cross so that he could absolutely assure me that all of my sins are forgiven, including my inability to trust in him, including all the times I react when I remember I'm not the one in control. A God who forgives me and assures me that now I have life with him in heaven forever. And until that day, when I get to go be with my Savior in heaven, you and I can be confident, huh? Confident even when things aren't going the way we planned, even when it seems as though life is spinning out of control, we can be confident and happy and content because we know the one who is in control. God is in complete control of everything. And because of that, you and I can be happy, joyful, content, at peace, even when it seems as though the entire world is spinning out of control. As we see the kind of God that we have, we quickly realize that my happiness and contentment don't depend on our ability to control all the things that can happen in life. We're not in control. because we know the one who is. And so we continue to praise and honor and trust our loving and saving God, the God who is in control. Amen. And the peace of God, which goes beyond our understanding, will guard and will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.